For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One is commanded by the Dark Trio, and one simply obeys. Hello, it's Elliot from Tasmania here. Hope you're doing well. I do apologise for my recent lack of communication. I did have a question the other week, but somebody beat me to it. It was about remakes and reboots and all that good stuff. I was going to suggest that perhaps Pixar could do a remake of the 1982 film Something Wicked This Way Comes, as I think it's a good story to be told in the form of animation. Which made me think, what is some good animated horror that you could recommend to us listening several? I personally would be interested to know because I like animation and, of course, I like horror. I hope everybody's doing well and that you're looking after yourselves. Take care now and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Elliot. I always appreciate it when people take me up on my pleas. <laughs> uh, I am going to immediately hand this off to Zena. Me? Wow. Yeah, you. Okay, hi. <laughs> All right, well, um, I recently, well, it wasn't recently. It was a while ago. Um, this is an anime, but I told you guys uh, about this one called Hells, about this girl. She's going to school, and then she dies. She gets hit by a bus or something, and then they send her to hell somehow, and then she tries to escape. But it's pretty cool because it's, like, gory. There's some blood in there. Also, if you want more, like, bloody anime, I got you. But um, animation-wise, I'll go with that. Um I'm going to talk about, I guess, because I have like a long list, but I'll just do like my favorite. Um, God, it's so hard. Okay. I'm going to go with Monster House. That's animated. You know, it's yeah. animated. So you don't I'm going to go with that yeah, one. There's no argument. It's animated. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. Nobody said anything. <laughs> that one's fun. I just, I, I like the storyline of that one. I like the characters and, um, I, well, never mind. Yes. Yeah, it's that one. And then also I'm going to say Coraline. Oh, that is arguably the most disturbing animated movie I've ever it's seen. So My great, daughter though. was not shaken at all until like the spider mom showed up. And I was like, how are you not disturbed <laughs> up until this point? Oh, this it was just so, something really cool about those button eyes, you know? Oh, man. Freaking terrifying. <laughs> uh, how about you, Megan? First of all, hello, Tasmania. Um, <laughs> so animated, I feel like you have to have perfect blue on the list. Yes. And uh, I think Soul Station gets overlooked a lot. It does. To oh, my God. Train to Busan and Peninsula. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I really liked it. And then I don't know if Spine of Night really. It's kind of more epic fantasy-ish than horror, but it definitely delves into that a bit. It gets gory, gory, gory. Um, yeah. And then The Wolf House. 
feel like that's a, oh. a new one that's also pretty weirdly animated uh, stop motion and it's kind of eerie. That one is on Shudder, I believe. It's definitely, I need to check. It's If it's not on Shudder, it's definitely on another streaming service. So, yeah. I could only think, I, I couldn't really think of many animated horror movies because I don't think I've watched many. I think I watched one of the Dead Space ones, but I think there's a few of them. I never played the game, but the game always looked. Oh, they're so Well, good. that's not true. That's not true. I tried playing the game and I immediately ran out of ammo because I had no idea <laughs> that it wasn't going to be like Halo or something oh, where yeah. there's going to be ammo everywhere. That, that's I was the like, thing the about survival horror games is they don't want to give you the ammo to just gun your way through it. Yeah, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> I am not a patient enough person. Uh, so the only ones I could think of were like my brief, my very, very brief foray into anime back when like Sci-Fi Channel was kind of new and they started doing anime like um, Akira, mm -hmm. which I would, con I would, I have to consider would be this horror. Don't you? I, I mean, do. it's sci-fi, but God, it's just yeah. body messed up. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, Vampire Hunter D. Mm -hmm. is definitely horror and i was thinking about this i don't know if it qualifies but did either of you ever watch the max on mtv vaguely no. that was like the liquid television mm -hmm. era yeah yep back when they had aeon flux yeah i remember that more than on. the max but i do remember some Same. imagery from that yeah i, I think the one. max i think it, it might have even been within the time that we've been doing the podcast that I found it again on YouTube like all the episodes were on there and it's it's actually like really beautiful because it's I don't remember watching it and realizing how much it had to do with like mental health and depression and everything else it's like this is amazing and I feel like it did not get maybe the credit it needed because it was just kind of this all right MTV's playing cartoons now like what is this weirdness but yeah, I really like the Max. If I think it's horror or horror adjacent, at least. So I believe you. Thanks. And for those of you listening to this and are suddenly like, why does this sound different? AKA better. That's thanks to Pacific Obadiah, who is Yay. my producer on Creepy and SCP archives and does a lot of stuff for Bloody Disgusting. He's making us sound better right now. Yay. Go Pacific. <laughs> All right. Our second question came in via email from Chris Jacobs. What is one aspect or trope that makes hor that makes a horror movie or show good for you? Interesting. Megan, what are your thoughts on this question? Um, I think that the thing that pops up in my brain immediately is really innovative scares. I hmm. can forgive so much plot-wise if you can get under my skin or scare me, you know, like terrified. Yeah. I wouldn't say that that's the most coherent plot. It's kind of like walking through a haunted house, but the way that he does scares and the way he shake like changes it up and shows a variety, it's so effective. It's really it lives up to his name and then I, you know, even something that's not jump scare heavy because a good scare does not always have to be like a jump scare, but you know, I was even thinking of uh Lee Wanell with the invisible man and how there really aren't a whole lot of scares in that, but the way that he uses the camera to make you really the camera to use negative space to make you think and constantly look for where the invisible man might be lurking. It creates a lot of tension. And so just, I think that scares really is 
what makes me gravitate towards horror. Um, showing me something I haven't seen or doing something a little bit new twist to it. I, yeah. So scarecrafting is my, my default. Mm. Nice. How about you, Zena? Um, yeah, kind of like what, what Megan said. Um, but I'm going to go more with, with just keeping it generalized and just saying like, I really like jump scares. Like I know like a lot of people, you know, sometimes it could be like, Oh, I knew it was coming. Cause you know, you know, like the sound effects, the music is leading yeah. up to it, but I like it. I, I like the thrill of it. And even though I know it's coming, sometimes it's, it surprises, it surprises me. And then another thing is I want to go with, uh, locations. Like I love it when sometimes we have a familiar location, but it's obviously all in what they do with that location. Nice. Yeah. I think maybe to be oversimplifying, uh, kills always makes a difference for me. kind of like Megan, like just a good scare, but like just something a little bit different, which is something I'll talk about in one of the movies that I watched for this week where it's like, it's familiar. But like, but not like the, the cinematographer or the director or the writer found just a little bit different way to present something that we've seen before. And that's familiar. It doesn't have to be a whole new idea or invention or, oh my God, I never thought about that. Just almost just like it's slightly askew from what you're expecting. So it almost feels brand new, despite the fact that it's like, okay, it's a mass killer slashing people or whatever. And I think I have to agree with Xena. For quite a while, I took a pretty hardline stance against jump scares. Mm -hmm. But I think it's when it felt like the movies, the horror aspect of the movies was leaning on jump scares. That they weren't, it wasn't the atmosphere, it wasn't, or tension, or even the story, as much as, okay, none of this is really good, so let's have someone jump out! Like, just to, like, <laughs> let's really remind people this is horror. Uh... I think it's the the films that are self-aware enough of jump scares that either they fake you into them, like they make it like an open refrigerator, for example, like, like clearly the way it's shot from the side, you're expecting the door to close and there's someone behind it. It's finding the balance of how many times do you fake out a jump scare before just having the jump scare and then can you just go with a jump scare when people are expecting the fake out? Like, there's almost like a science to it, like keeping you on your toes versus let's just lean really hard into this one way or the other. I appre okay. I think I just appreciate a, a well-crafted jump scare more than anything, more than it's, oh, this is clearly all you've got. Nice. All right. Speaking of all we've got, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and discuss the disgusting. You know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. And just to clarify, when I say all we've got, it's all I've got. Zena <laughs> and Megan have very rich, full lives and careers. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? Guys, it has been another great week for me. Another two watch for two. Week. 
Yeah, like, oh my God, joy. So uh, the first movie I want to talk about, The French Supernatural Horror, Live It, from 2011 on Shudder. It was my first time watching this one. I always heard about it, but for some reason I could never find it streaming anywhere. So I missed out in life. But until uh, last week, actually, it was like, whoa, my life has been enhanced. So this is about a young woman named Lucy. And she kind of starts off, kind of, I want to say, like, as this caregiver assistant. And they're going to, like, different clients' homes and helping them. And, you know, there's this one woman's home. It, she lives in this beautiful, isolated mansion, okay? And this woman is in a coma. And there's just something, you know, off about her. But because you know, you know, you know, you're watching a horror movie, so you know what to expect. Um, but, yeah, you know, the woman, again... She's in a coma and supposedly there's a hidden treasure that's in her house and it's never been found. Like the family searched for it, they couldn't find it. And there are like locks throughout her house and stuff. So anyway, um, this is from the directors uh, who did Inside, but they also did our favorite, The Deep House. Yeah. Remember we all liked it? Okay. Yay. We did. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I haven't forgotten. You guys, you guys, you guys remember we talked about we, yeah, it? Yeah, we talked about episode, it. Dirt, Dirt Trio episode. approved. We did that. <laughs> Yeah, so and it's um, on Hulu, yay! And I didn't know that this was by them until obviously like the credits and stuff like that. But anyway, so you know, again, she's training with her at her new job and stuff like that. This woman just seems she doesn't really seem cold hearted. Who's training her? She just seems like she's about doing the job. And this woman who's in a coma, like her nails are like really extremely long. It's it's like she doesn't have any family. Supposedly she had a daughter, but the daughter died. Point is, it was like a it was a day for this young woman named Lucy. She meets up with her boyfriend and she's just having a conversation with him and she tells him about her day and she mentions the house. The boyfriend has this idea that they should break into the house. They should try to find the treasure because he's sick of working on a boat and coming home and smelling like fish. He wants the luxury of life. He wants to live fancy. And they also decide to like drag his brother along. So these, you know, these, I want to say they're, they're probably like in their 20s. They go to the house. And yeah, some crazy stuff starts to happen. A lot of stuff goes wrong, obviously, when they're looking for this supposed treasure. Um, there's a lot of supernatural elements. There's violence. There's a lot of blood. But even though it's all those things, there's something really beautiful about it. It kind of felt like a giallo, but it also kind of felt like a fairy tale. So um, if you're interested in checking this one out, I recommend it. I had a nice time with it. It was very soothing to my soul. So, yeah. Then the next movie I watched, thanks to Megan. Megan approved this movie, Fresh 2022. What? I did not approve this one. What? <laughs> I thought you said that you liked it. I, I don't like it. Oh, my God. Oh, I could have sworn that you told us last week that you liked it. I mean, it is a little awkward, but okay. But I, I mean, I liked it. <laughs> I am glad. A lot of people like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe it was a different movie we, we talked about then. Last Maybe. week, because yeah, we were talking about how it was dumped on Hulu. I mean, not no that it's exit. horrible, but but yeah, it's just kind of weird that it's it's. I'm surprised, you know. But Hulu has been stepping it up anyway. So fresh from 2022 on Hulu, the horrors of modern dating are seen through the eyes of a young woman who is battling to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetite. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. The movie opens up with this woman who's, you know, she's been dating, um, around doing online dating and I don't know that life because I'm married and I'm glad that I don't. Okay. I heard that it's hard out there. So be blessed to people who are dealing with this, but yeah, there's a, there's a woman again, like she's going on all these bad dates. I mean, her first date is horrible. Like, can you imagine? But anyway, 
Um, but yeah, where the guy pretty much insults her and stuff. And then one day, unexpected, she's in the supermarket and there's this man named Steve who kind of approaches her. And, you know, he, he was kind of cute. You know, he, he made a joke. It was, it was a little geeky, but it was still cute. I was like, oh, look at you, Steve, you know? So good job for Steve doing that. It was like a little pickup line, but it, it worked and stuff like that. And they hit it off. We see them together. It, it's kind of like, I felt like it was like a rom-com. I kind of forgot that I was watching that, but I knew it was coming soon. And it has a really cool cast. I do not remember her name, but this isn't a horror or anything like that. But there's this actress who plays her friend, Molly. She's in this series um, called 20s. And she looks completely different. Like, I love it when I can see, when I see like an actor transform because she normally doesn't look like that at all. So I thought it was really cool. Like her mannerisms changed and everything. And I know it's like, oh, that's the job of an actor. But sometimes, okay, that doesn't happen. (laughs) So my um, recommendation for, for this one, if you are interested in checking it out, do not watch a trailer. Do not read any reviews. Um, Even the synopsis, the synopsis actually isn't that bad. So that's fine. And obviously that's, I just read it, but I recommend going in and um, the guy, Sebastian Stan, who played Steve, I've seen him in other um, things before, but he gave like a really chilling performance, very much believable where it's just like, you know, cause like I said, I would have fell for that, that little line that he did. And next thing you know, yow. Yow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's what I watched. <laughs> I can't follow up yow. <laughs> you can just just in your in your stuff with yow. Yow. Uh yow. I watched a Xena movie. I feel like it's a Xena movie. Have you seen I, I Yeah. <laughs> this was a movie that I watched a lot when I rented it on video uh, as a teen and then haven't seen it since and finally tracked it down on DVD. It's uh, 1996's Little Witches, right? In the uh, same arena as, like, The Craft. Uh, And I like IMDb synopsis because it's short and to the point, which is a group of girls at a Catholic boarding school get mixed up in the occult. (laughs) (laughs) That's They took a wrong turn. (laughs) mixed up in the occult no there's like oh, went down the wrong aisle they, they you know <laughs> one gets the good girl gets left behind her mom is more interested in dating so she doesn't pick her up for holiday and then the other ones are bad children and they get stuck there but the church so happens to be having some construction and uncovers like this boarded off satanic altar you know, there's a well, there's a book, they get involved. It is, it is like satanic witchcraft. It's, it's the craft, but not, you know, we're corrupted by powers. We're corrupted by Satan. So it is, it, it is totally a Xena movie. And I knew she had to have seen this because it ticks off all of the buttons. You got the witchcraft, you've got, it's, it was direct to video, but it's got this made-for-TV vibe minus some nudity. Like, if made-for-TV could have nudity, that would be this type of, of aesthetic and vibe. And there is a little bit of a silliness, but um, it's okay. Like, I don't think that I, I love it as much as I loved it as a teen, but I I do love getting to revisit movies that I'd forgotten from yesteryear. Uh, and I like the kind of spin on... Uh, this witchcraft, you know, they're, they're, they're literally satanic witches, you know, they don't know what they're really getting into, but they do. Uh, and it has Jennifer Rubin, who I yes. absolutely loved. Uh, she's from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. 
Um, she's a nun with a fanny pack, which is adorable. <laughs> uh, Zelda Rubenstein, she's not in it too much. She's mostly kind of red herring. And yeah, I, I will say also that it's not helping this made-for-TV vibe is they've got a, a guy in there as the love interest, and he cannot act. I'm pretty sure they cast him <laughs> because he looked good shirtless. But yeah, so I watched that. And then, uh, because I really, really liked the new horror-tinged Batman, I watched Darkman on Shudder. Uh, this was Sam nice. Raimi's 1990 uh, superhero movie. A brilliant scientist left for dead returns to exact revenge on the people who burned him alive. Uh, it really is, like, Sam Raimi's take on, like, a comic book movie meets Universal Classic Monsters and uh yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen this one in a long time either and i just love how sam raimi shoots things like they're one of the mm -hmm. early it, it's almost like your requisite comic book formula where he's systematically taking out all the henchmen before his final <laughs> you know confrontation and ted raimi sam raimi's brother is of one course. of the early hedge henchmen that gets taken out and the way that he shoots it is like Dark man pops him up through a manhole. And like he's, he's a puppet. It's like a puppet. And it's very yeah. this evil dead like. But the camera work is so Sam Raimi. But it's so stylish because it's Sam Raimi. So yeah, I I enjoyed it, obviously. And I'm going to revisit the uh, the other two that are on Shudder as well. Yeah, but they don't. But it's not Liam Neeson. It's not Liam Neeson. It's not Sam Raimi. But you know, the direct-to-video means they might get a little bit more hard in that R rating, so that maybe that compensates a little. I don't know. Yeah, I watched them years and years. I was, I mean, I was probably a teenager watching them on like Cinemax or something, yeah. like late night, and because it's the guy. I I don't remember the actor's name, but he's like the he's like the henchman in hard in. The Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Hard Target. He's been in a few things, too. He's got a very, like, ominous appearance. So it's interesting seeing him as, like, the good guy. But, yeah. I was curious, too, because I think I saw those, all three of those Are you talking Shutter, about, like, like who, who takes over for Darkman in the yeah. second and third? That, oh, I cannot remember his name, but he's Emotep in The Mummy. It's yes, like, exactly. Yes, yeah. thank you. And uh, we have, I have found out that our callers are willing to willing to call in to tell us exactly what we said wrong oh. <laughs> when we couldn't remember the president's name in 24 <laughs> i haven't and, seen it yeah it's fine neither have i but again why i know that reference i have no idea there probably you go. from like always sunny in philadelphia or something like that i discovered a movie i'd never heard of i don't think i'd ever heard of any of you or any of you you haven't heard of, of xena or me <laughs> I've never heard of you two. What, what? Where am I? What is this? What is today? Uh, I'd never heard of this movie at all, which is interesting because I love H Lance Hendrickson. So I don't know if this is just one that totally got pushed under the rug or what. But it's 1989's The Horror Show on Tubi. Detective McCarthy finally catches Meat Cleaver Max, a serial killer who promises revenge during his execution. Nonetheless, a parapsychologist tells the detective that the only hope of stopping Max for good is to destroy his spirit. Which is, again, IMDb is like not trying. <laughs> to be fair, I'd never heard of this. So the fact that it's got a synopsis at all, I suppose, counts for something. This one was fascinating because I saw it on Tubi. 
I think I saw that like Lance Hendrickson was starring in it as I was just scrolling through the horror section. And I looked up the trailer first out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And they make it sound like it's going to be a new horror franchise. Can I blow your mind? Ooh, go. <laughs> so this was released as House 3 in a lot of markets. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. So didn't the guy it's work like on House 1, House 2, House 3 is the horror show. And that's why there's no actual House 3 and they skip to House 4. Oh, so they're treating it like the house that they're in is the house, like the furnace it's, is hot. It's like the That's typical madness. Europe thing where they will title it as part of a franchise it's not actually part of. But it totally Weird. threw hiccups into the wrench. And that's why if you want the official house, like it's house one, house two, house four. And then the horror show. I, I just like that you said hiccups into the wrench. Hiccups into the <laughs> wrench. I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm just throwing trivia. I, <laughs> It goes I have into to use the that from now on. Yeah, I don't know uh, what that means. That's the that's but it was interesting the title. Because the trailer made it sound like this was Meet Cleaver Max was gonna like take over for Freddie and Jason and like this was gonna be some ongoing thing, which is interesting because the movie doesn't really leave itself open to a sequel. And it's just it's super gory, cheesy, over the top, almost shocker esque, but not Quite, yeah. Although this would have been before Sh- Shocker was 90 something, wasn't it? I thought it was 89 as well, right? Oh, oh, I wonder if this is just another one of those Hollywood examples of I have an idea. Someone hears about the idea. I do too. Let's make it really quick. It would make sense because I'm pretty sure Sean S. Cunningham produced it and he is the yep. king of that. Yep, it, it is. It was uh, Sean S. Cunningham. I remember seeing that in the, the opening credits. So that would totally make sense. Uh, I mean, I still like it. It was, it's cheesy. It's Lance Henriksen. It's, it's very confusing because I think the trailer, and I looked it up later on Wikipedia too, because I was confused about something and the plot synopsis wasn't any better there. The plot synopsis there, if I recall, or one of them mentions that he sells his soul to the devil. That is not a part of the movie. (laughs) That is in no way, shape or form even mentioned as being a part of the movie. Like I kept waiting. Like I was like, is there like going to be a scene where he talks to the devil or something? Nope, nope, not not at all. It's it's just silliness. It's strange campiness. It doesn't quite make sense, but there's some interesting effects, some interesting like hallucination that like that go on, and I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's just weird, like late '80s over-the-top gore trying to capitalize on a pre-existing franchise or a potential franchise or anything like that. But you had fun and with I, it. I did. I had, I had a ton of fun with it. I'd totally watch it again. I think it's leaving to be soon. I think that's what I saw, like, the leaving soon, and that's why I wanted to check it out. So 1989's The Horror Show. That was the other thing that confused me. Like, why is it called The Horror Show? There's no show. No, there's, like, one hallucination where there's a TV show, like, happening. But it's like, that's not the premise of this at all <laughs> uh and then i finally watched 2022's scream 5 which i rented 25 years after the original series of murders in woodsboro a new ghost face emerges and sydney prescott must return to uncover the truth so without diving too deeply into this which we are going to do on patreon after this i need to watch it again <laughs> I I got a little bit lost. 
Interesting. I'm going to admit. Okay. Uh, there's some family tree stuff going on uh-huh. that I got a little bit confused by when I was watching it. Like more, because it wasn't just that I was trying to learn who the characters were, the new characters. It was also, and how is this relation happening? So, so it's what I need to talk through on Patreon. It's part of why I want to talk about it on Patreon. Right. I think I need you to, to explain this, some this stuff This is the me. spoiler-free zone. Exactly. That said, this is what I was talking about earlier where things are presented just a little bit differently from what I was expecting out of the franchise. Part of it was the kills, like the actual kills themselves, despite the fact that they're the Scream movies. And there's a couple of kills that are particularly bloody through the previous four films. I don't remember it feeling like as visceral as some of these kills did, like some of these kills seemed a lot more brutal. You need to go back and watch Scream Four. Yeah, I, I or I even Scream. I mean, that first yeah, one like that... ends with like yeah, the first one's bad, but it's such a quick zoom in, and I feel like this one lingers on what's happening a lot more. Maybe so, but Scream Four has that whole bedroom massacre of that poor girl. Oh, that's like yeah, completely... but don't you just see the. You... You, she's yeah, but you just see the aftermath. A, no, you see her hanging out of the window as she's being Do murdered. You? And then you see the aftermath, which just really sets it home because the entire room is painted red. Hmm. Megan's talking me out of liking this movie. Now, I'm not trying to I talk did. you out of liking this movie. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that, you know, there are a that lot I, of brutal kills in the franchise. That I don't have a reliable memory, Megan. The guy who forgets you? on a week by week basis what you two have watched, even though I'm the one who goes through and edits the audio. <laughs> so, we yeah. appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, there was some of it. I mean, you were saying like Easter eggs aplenty. Oh, with yeah. I didn't read your article um, because I watched it over the weekend and I didn't want to see any or read any spoilers or anything. Yeah, it felt like pretty much every scene was <laughs> an Easter egg to a previous movie in one way or another. Uh, I liked it. And honestly, for the fifth in a franchise, it's probably the best fifth in any franchise that there's ever been. Yeah. And I, I had to kind of think about it that way, too. I don't know that any horror franchise has been able to sustain itself as well as Scream has. Most franchises, especially once they hit, like, number three... It's rough. And granted, Scream 3 wasn't great. Scream 3 was super campy in a, in a kind of a weird way. But I also still like watching Scream 3. Yeah. Um, For, like, different reasons, though. Like, more irony than anything else. Thing. And Lance Henriksen's in it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, was, um, I am impressed at the level of... I don't know if care is the right word. Maybe it's something to do with like Wes's legacy and people wanting to do a good job and not just turn it into ostensibly a money grab. But I'm definitely impressed with what they've been able to do across so many movies. Um, no spoilers for all the things I need to talk through on Patreon. Check that out on patreon.com slash be disgusting pod. Uh, okay. Before we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it? So I checked out Live It on Cheddar and Fresh on Hulu. I watched uh, Little Witches on DVD and Dark Man on Shudder. And I watched The Horror Show on Tubi and Scream 5 on VOD. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, a surprising movie dropped a trailer <laughs> last week that caught everybody's attention. This became a very buzzy title, and I'm very shocked by this. Uh, the Amityville Horror franchise, they, they were a legit franchise. And then, you know, copyright, you, you know, loose copyrights meant that the floodgates opened, so pretty much anybody can have a go at Amityville, which means that not only do you have all the Amityville movies, you've got Amityville Uprising, which is zombies, uh, the Amityville Moon, which apparently might be werewolf-related, and even Amityville Shark House. So up next is Amityville in Space which has an official trailer and uh, a poster from Wild Eye releasing Pack Your Bags for a Frightening Intergalactic Stay at Amityville. Uh, so the ultimate battle against Amityville curse begins after the infamous murder house is exercised from Earth and reappears in outer space in Amityville in space. <laughs> this is from the director of Sharkula, which is, I guess is a Dracula yeah, is. shark, uh, Mark Polonia, <laughs> and starring Titus Himmelberger, Cassandra Hayes, Tim Hatch, Ryan Dalton, and Jeff Kirkendall. And it's going to release in July this year. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that the title and poster alone set people into a frenzy. Yeah, I didn't even click on the article because I almost thought it was just a joke from Bloody Disgusting. I saw, I saw the title, and I was like, no, that's... It's too early in the morning for me to read this. <laughs> this can't be a thing. I mean, but I'm still going. I'm going to watch it. So, like, you know, <laughs> and even when it comes to like this, this, uh, this whole franchise, like, the more it goes on, the more and more it just gets silly. But this is by far the most insane thing, and this is no shade to the director or writer, no. but I feel like this should really encourage people. If you have a movie idea, you need to go <laughs> for it. Follow your dreams. <laughs> I Yes, I agree. I kind of feel like this speaks to what we talked about before, where I think that horror audiences are just ready for fun. Like, we're done yeah. with the trauma horror. We've had a lot of that lately. Let's let's have fun. And what's more bonkers than sending a haunted house to space? And Xena, I, I'm begging... I know you, I don't I don't even have to ask. I know you'll do it. But I need to know if that creature with the weird legs coming out of its <laughs> cheeks is somehow in this movie because that could be a game changer for me. <laughs> Cheek monster house. Um so yeah, there's that. And then uh Will Smith and Michael B Jordan, they are teaming up as stars and producers of I Am Legend sequel. It's been over a decade since Will Smith's 2007 hit, I Am Legend, toppled global box office. It made bank. Original director Francis Lawrence, though, had long ago passed on returning, openly discussing in interviews and stuff that he felt a sequel or prequel would feel forced. Well, Warner Brothers is finally moving forward without him, and a new sequel is in development. Uh, Smith is returning for the next chapter, and so is Black Panther's Michael B. Jordan, who will also produce. They both together with their box office say that's a 
whole lot of money there. Uh, Oscar winner and producer Akiva Goldsman, who adapted the uh, Richard Matheson 1954 novel that the movie's based on, he's also returning to write the follow-up. Um, plot details obviously are under lock and key and not known at this time. Uh, the 2007 film saw Smith's Dr. Robert Neville wander alone through New York City, calling out for possible survivors and works on finding a cure for the plague using his own immune blood. He knows he's badly outnumbered. The odds are against him. And all the while, the infected wait for him to make a mistake that will deliver Neville into their hands. Considering how the first one concluded Neville's story, I am very curious to see how they're going to approach this. And also, for the record, I am still not over the dog. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> So I remember seeing this as a DVD rental mm -hmm. and this was back when they would actually show the alternate endings on DVDs and like the special feature sections. Mm -hmm. And I'm confused. I don't remember what the actual ending is. You don't need to say here for people who haven't seen yeah, I Am Legend, but I, that was the same thing. I thought it was like Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan. I'm like, I don't remember what ending I saw that was the theatrical version <laughs> So I'm like, I don't know how this movie's going to happen, or am I wrong? No spoilers by any of the clues that I just dropped there. But yeah, I'll def I'll be curious for sure. Same. But, but I'm kind of intrigued, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I really did like the movie and stuff. I mean, I feel like it's been, like, really long. I wish that they kind of would have did it sooner, but it's fine. You know, I'm still going to check it out. I, I mean, it's... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love the cat. I love Michael B. Jordan, so... I, I recently saw a scene, and I had only watched it like when I rented it. Mm -hmm. I think I've only seen it the one time, so I don't remember this. But I guess there's one scene, and I remember adoring this scene when uh, uh, Will Smith basically has a mental breakdown and yells at this mannequin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this mannequin that he's like, no, like he's actually like yelling at him like a person. And I guess in the film, like the mannequin's head does turn a little bit. Like you actually see it on screen turn a little bit. But, like, the point is to, like, emphasize, like, his psychosis of what's happening. Like, he actually does think he sees this happening. Like, this is, it's like a Wilson sort of thing. Like, yeah. he's told, like, it, it's one of, like, and I think Will Smith is a really good actor. He's fantastic in Ali. Yeah. But I, that was one of my favorite, like, Will Smith moments when he just, like, loses it and yells at that mannequin. So, yeah, I could I could do more of that. <laughs> There you go. We're putting it out there. John needs more mannequin yelling in the sequel stat. Yeah, just Will Smith yelling at a mannequin for like 90 minutes. Could just be like in a Target. That's fine. Okay. Sounds good. Well, that's an easy <laughs> sequel. That that'll that'll make you happy. Um and and what could be easily the most unexpected news of the year? I mean, at least so far cuz it is only March. Uh <laughs> Evil Dead and Don't Breathe director Fede Alvarez will both write and direct a brand new alien movie for Ridley for Ridley Scott and 20th Century Studios. It is described as an original standalone feature. Uh, Ridley Scott, who of course directed the original 1979 Alien and later returned for prequels Prometheus and Alien Covenant, will produce via his uh, Scott Free banner. The project is intended to be made for Hulu as part of 20th Century's ambitions to make more than 10 movies a year for the Disney-owned streaming service. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. horror-wise, two of those projects are David Bruckner-directed Hellraiser Reimagining and the Predator prequel Prey, both on the slate for 2022. Alvarez's take is being kept deep inside the studio's chest, uh, but sources described it as unconnected, which we already mentioned, 
Alvarez is a rabid fan of the franchise and casually pitched a take to Scott many years ago. The idea remained implanted in Scott's brain until late last year when he called Alvarez out of the blue and asked him if he was still up to make it. Uh, Alvarez didn't have to be asked twice. That's very intriguing for me. 20th Century Division President uh, Steve Asbell said of Alvarez's strong pitch, It was just a really good story with a bunch of characters you haven't seen before. He's uh, Alvarez is fresh off of producing the brand new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is currently on Netflix. And as a related note, FX does have the Alien project in the works, uh, a planned Alien television series from Noah Hawley that's totally unrelated to this that's expected in 2023. I'm captivated. I like Fede Alvarez. I like the way he shoots movies. So, and I'm a little bit disenchanted with how the alien franchise has gone so we'll see i kind of hope they go a little bit more minimalistic keep like, it simple kind of yeah pull, pull it back to like the original alien yeah like let's just like remember what it was like that it doesn't need to go bigger we it's gone big it's gone plenty big we can pull it back i think he's a good guy for it so all right listeners your turn Think more horror needs to go to space and follow in the footsteps of Amityville Horror, Friday the 13th, Hellraiser, Critters, Dracula, and Leprechaun. Do you remember how I Am Legend ended? Let's hear about it. You can call us or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us like our friend Elliot at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options. And clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? So, we have some cool stuff coming out this week. So, first thing, Tuesday the 8th, we have Heckle. It will be available on VOD. A stand-up comedian encounters a seemingly insane heckler who becomes the stalker. Well, becomes his stalker. Um, so, yeah, and he pretty much takes it on a, into a completely di- on a completely different level. I, the poster's really cool, by the way. So, if um, we were in a video store and you saw it, I'm pretty sure most people would pick it. I would. Then on <laughs> Thursday, the 11th, we have The Seed coming to Shudder, which starts out as a girl's weekend away in the desert, becomes a tale of horror, death, and alien invasion. And that's, that's another one with another spicy poster, too. Then we also have for Thursday, Mickey Keaton's Off Season. It'll be available on VOD. And this one stars Jocelyn Donahue. So she was in The House of the Devil. She was also in Summer Camp. And then also Richard Blake, who's in 31. He played uh, the character Doomhead. So this one follows, uh, the synopsis is, after receiving a mysterious letter, a woman travels to an island, to an island town, and soon becomes trapped in a nightmare. Then... Last, well, nope, we still have two more. Two more, guys. <laughs> Next, we have the Slow Burn Horror Knocking. It'll just be exclusively on Arrow. Um, it used to be on Tubi, I believe, but I think that it, they recently removed it. So this is why. A woman leaves um, a ward after, after a nervous breakdown, only to start hearing mysterious knocking sounds in her apartment. And then finally, we have the sci-fi horror ultrasound. It will be coming to VOD. After his car breaks down, Glenn spends one hell of an odd night with a married couple, setting into motion a chain of events that alter their lives, plus those several stranger, plus several strangers, plus several random strangers. And just in case, um, John already spoke about it, but Scream is available on VOD. So if you didn't get a chance to check it out in theaters, Yay, you can check it out. And then also Bloody Disgusting TV and Screenbox is available for you and your eyeballs. I'm, I'm still catching up on Freddy's Nightmares. 
It's a lot. There's a lot of them, and they're an hour long. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. And don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, like the conversation on Scream 5 we're about to have, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.